The Lord is good. Today's sermon is entitled, The Word of God and Accuracy. The Word of God and Accuracy. I shall be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 to 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 to 19. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Praise the Lord for the reading of his word. Second Timothy, or Paul's second letter to Timothy we might say, would be the words of a man who is about to die. Paul was in prison. He was in trial. And he felt that his time was up. He was about to leave. He said he fought the good fight. He encouraged Timothy to visit me. And he gave him instruction concerning how to manage or shepherd the people of God. By this time, Timothy has probably shepherded or pastored or ministered for four years in Ephesus. So Paul reminds Timothy of the gift that God has given him and his heritage and him knowing the scripture since he was young uh, and the faith which was in his grandmother and mother. Now, Paul tells Timothy about the difficult times that will come, and one of those difficulties would be men who are distorting the truth, distorting God's truth. And in this text, he has mentioned uh, uh, at least two of these people who have been disturbing or upsetting the faith of some. The text reveals to us three highlights. One would be, do not give yourself to empty chatter. Tell people not to give themselves to empty words or empty discussions that does not profit the listeners. In verse 14, he says, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Verse 16 says, 
but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk, talking about Hymenaeus and Philetus, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Charge them because it spreads. False teaching spreads very fast. Why? Because they're always gullible listeners. People will listen to somebody charismatic or somebody with, with, uh, 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 with knowledge. Somebody who may have stature. We're not saying these things are necessarily evil. But more importantly, people must filter what they hear according to the word of God. So Paul is saying, be careful of useless chatter. And I find myself, when I was younger in the Lord, much younger, in the 90s, doing the same things. We love debating others. That would take hours and hours and hours debating people about useless things, about minor things, rather than focusing on the major things of the gospel. Some are too minor that today some still debate. Some still debate about the type of musical instruments the church must use. The Bible did not give clarity on, on what specific things we must use. It mentioned the instruments in the Old Testament, but I believe every instrument may be used by God. Now, it depends on the church's preference, and there's no need to debate such things. Other things are more important to discuss, like faith, that we are justified by faith alone. That Jesus is God. That we believe in the triune God. One God in three persons. One in essence, three in beings. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one. Be careful how we talk. And it even says here, be careful of worldly chatter. Empty chatter, things that are too trivial. Do not waste your time on these things. So one, be careful with words. And watch those who are into these discussions that are not fruitful. Sometimes I would hear people debate about something. And when I ask them, have you studied all of Scripture? They could not claim it. They probably know some verses here and some verses there. And my friends, little knowledge is dangerous. But rather studying through the scripture before you even launch into these debates, rather study God's word. And that is what Paul said to Timothy. To work hard, but not just work hard but to accurately handle the word of truth. In some translation, it says properly handling or rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly handling. Let me read verse 15. 
Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Accurately handling the word of truth or rightly or properly, correctly handling the word of truth. So be diligent. Work as a good soldier of Christ. Work as an, uh, as an athlete preparing. Work like a farmer. Be hardworking, Timothy. Be approved by God. But you must not be ashamed. Or you must not be put to shame because you know how to handle the word of God. Rightly handling the word of truth. That is very important. So this means Timothy must study. Study diligently the Holy Scriptures. In chapter 3, verse 16 of the same book, Paul said, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Accurately handling the word of truth. Through time, the more I study God's word, and I think I've been studying the word of God for 30 years, and still I have much to learn. Oh, I have read it several times, but the goal now is to be accurate. And some preachers, some of us before, don't care about accuracy. As long as we saw a verse, we quote it and throw it to others without necessarily looking at the intent of the author. The authors had a purpose why they wrote. We have to know the intent, why it was written, why this letter was written, why this book was composed, for what purpose, and what is the connection to Jesus Christ and God's plan for the world. We have to study. And thirdly, Paul says, God knows those who are his. There would be many who will go astray. There would be people who would go astray, like, like, like Hymenaeus in Philetus. Verse 18 says, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Yes, there will be many false doctrines. In fact, Paul is so concerned with false doctrine. The apostles were concerned about false doctrine. I just wonder why many of us preachers today are not that concerned. We are very accepting with many things. And the believers of today are very accepting of many things they hear. When Paul was in Berea, after he preached, the Bereans checked the scriptures to check if what Paul was saying is true. 
And Paul said that they are more noble. <laughs> the noble Bereans. Oh, yeah. But today, the problem today is we have this fan-based mentality. Whatever they say is fine. As long as it's encouraging, as long as it's nice to hear, maganda naman yung sinabi. It's not about nice, it's not about good. Because some parts of scripture is not nice. But rather, it should be the truth. In verse 19, but Paul gave Timothy the assurance that he should work hard to stop these things. But, verse 19, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So people will fall away because of false doctrine. Yes, they will. But the Lord knows who are His. Anyway, we stand on this foundation that God has sealed those who are His. And it says here, everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Everyone who names the name of the Lord, everyone who calls Him Lord, everyone who claims He is their Lord should abstain from wickedness. That is what Scripture says. Should abstain from wickedness. So let's just say if we truly belong to the Lord and our faith is real, then we should abstain from wickedness. We should abstain from sin. And if ever we do fall and sin, we must confess. We must repent of our sins deeply. For God is a forgiving God. Let's go to the application of the text. One, let us be careful what we listen to what we read, and what we discuss with others. It should be the accurate word of God. Please be careful in opening your television or going to YouTube and listening to every preacher that sounds nice. Who do you listen to? The one who is charismatic and moves you emotionally? Or one who takes the effort to be accurate? Laying the background. You know, if you've studied yourself, you can tell if that preacher is preaching expositionally. Yes, I believe in expository preaching. And I believe the regular diet of God's people must be chronological exposition. Once in a while, yes, there's such a thing as topical exposition. But the worst kind is just topical. How does that work? They go to a concordance. And they find all the verses related to this word. Or they, they put in, they get one verse from one book, another verse from another part of the Bible, another verse from another part of the Bible, and they have their three points to discuss in their, in their message, in their preaching. But be careful because not every verse can be linked unless you have checked the background of each. 
That can lead people astray. And that's not being accurate. I'm not saying it cannot, verses cannot be linked. I am not saying that. To those who've studied systematic theology, is really about that, but it is going through the whole scripture. Understanding in depth what it is. But first, I believe that we should be careful. Be careful in what we listen to. Be careful in what we discuss. Our God is good. Oh, and be careful what you propagate. Some of us, we listen to this preacher who's very charismatic with a huge congregation. And he does not preach against sin. He only preaches all on the good parts. Selective. Very selective from the Bible. Only the good parts. Never going through righteousness, sin. Never talking about conviction. Never talking about holiness. But rather, they just want you to feel good. Feel good. They want you to have a good life. But not a life that is in line with Scripture. Just a good life. And we just talk about the good life. How can we have a good life? One thing you'll see in Scripture, as Paul would say, I have learned to be in abundance and I have learned to suffer need. I have learned to be content when I suffered need or when I was prosperous. I was hungry. I was full. I knew how to go through both. Many of God's people suffered. Joseph suffered. Paul the Apostle, the first century church, and other believers in different parts of the world are suffering right now. So we cannot just talk about the good life. Or grace that allows you to sin. Because God is gracious, it's okay to sin. Romans 6 says, because of the grace of God, should we sin? Certainly not. If we sin, and we do at times, we must not like sin. We must hate sin, and if ever we fall, we must confess our sins and repent of our sins. Another application is to study the Word of God that we may be accurate. So how do you study the Word of God? 
First, read through and then study the context. The context, meaning what is the author saying for this particular book, for example. For example, Second Timothy. First, you go through the literary, or you may read something in the historical. Some good study Bibles have a brief history. Or you can study a commentary just to look at the background. Or a good Bible dictionary may give you a good background. What's happening then? Because what's happening during that time, at the time of the writing, even in the place of the writing, may give some clarity on why these words were spoken, thus getting closer to the intent of the author. And that's what we try to get as close to it as possible. That's why we study, and that's why we keep studying, to get as close to it as possible. Why is that important? Because if we misrepresent the Bible, which is to misrepresent the authors of Scripture, misrepresent the intent, then there is a danger. We are flirting with danger to cross the line from sound doctrine to false teaching. And we shall mislead God's people. And God's people should learn to filter. All of us, myself and others. Verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed Accurately handling the word of truth. Accurately handling the word of truth. The goal is to be accurate. If we are accurate, at least we're close to it somehow, then we can ask the question, how does this apply to us now? Because the truth is applicable. But again, in the context of the whole scripture, knowing the context, okay, knowing what the verse says, knowing what the immediate literary context says, then we have to see in the context of the New Testament, then in the context of Old and the New Testament. That's why some people would live in the Old Testament because they did not consider the whole counsel of God, all scripture. Some Gentile believers identify as a Jew. We are justified by faith and The law has died to us. It was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Be accurate. Now, I believe there should be special emphasis on this when we study scripture and when we preach. Why? First, the truth. Once we know the truth, then we meditate on the truth. First, the intent of the author, giving light and meaning to what Scripture says. 
Not just what it says, but understanding the meaning why it was said that way. Again, many can quote to you scripture, but that they cannot explain the meaning. Exposition, exposit, is to explain the meaning. It is to explain the meaning, why it was said. The goal is to be accurate. We should try to be accurate. And preachers should feel humbled because it takes time to study. And after preaching, sometimes as, as, as we go on in life and study more, we realize there was something we preached in the past wasn't that accurate and we have to correct it. And I feel for many preachers without resources. Something you must ask your congregation to invest in is books, history, languages. Research is done by others archaeologically, culturally. Well, but many will not focus on the accuracy. Why? Some believe simply in emotionalism. As long as the hearts are touched, they're crying or they're laughing or smiling. More on the emotion. More on the emotion rather than the truth first. That's why when the emotion is gone, what do they say? I can't feel God. Others would, would focus on motivation. They preach like they're motivational preachers. Only the positive side of scripture. No negatives, just, just positive. The overemphasis on the loving God, without a picture of the just God. Only the picture of, of God's mercy without a picture of the wrath of God. But all over scripture, God is that. God is whole. He is just and he is merciful. What we need is a complete picture of God. He's both merciful and just. The wrath of God exists, so does his love in Christ. But our favorite, some of our favorite preachings would be the love of God. But scripture also speaks about the wrath of God. So by preaching only one side of God, the people who are listening will have a picture of God that is incomplete. Then they question, how can a loving God allow suffering? God allows it because he has a purpose for everything. And we have to trust in that purpose. Oh, you're going through financial trial now? 
Oh, just declare money in Jesus' name, it shall be yours. We pray for God's provision, yes, and we ask in His name. But we must trust in the will of God that at times, being in need is part of the process. And there is nothing wrong with your faith during that time as long as you keep believing in His purpose and His will. Some have preached a God like a vending machine. You press the right things and, and what you need will come out. God is sovereign, brothers and sisters. He is sovereign. He does what He wills for a higher purpose something we may not easily understand. So what do we do? Preach the truth, just the truth. And you know why I like chronological exposition? Because if it's always topical, I am led to preach my favorite topics. Rather than force myself to study line by line what the scripture says, and feed to the people line by line what the scripture says and what it means. Another problem we have is called fan mentality. Fans. That's one part of the economy. A fan-based economy. You have people who are authors, speakers, artists. And sometimes, sure, if you like a certain artist, you like their music, for example, or the way they act, fine. It would be problematic, though, if you apply that among the preachers of the truth. Because we should discourage fans. We should not like fans. Because we should be pointing to the truth, pointing to Christ. We don't want to hear great sermon, pastor. What we want to hear is God is great. God's message is wonderful. Now, how, how can we tell if a person is a fan of some preacher? You just ask them, I don't think his preaching is very accurate. Then they easily get offended. Instead of checking with you like the Bereans, instead of asking why, why do you think so? And thoroughly trying to get your, your understanding why you feel that that wasn't accurate, they would be offended. That's a fan. And that is in effect like idolatry. If somebody questions me, let's talk. Let's discuss biblically. Let's discuss the context of what I preached, if it is accurate or not. I believe it is necessary to ground everything we say to God's people on the Word of God. Some actually believe this is just the beginning. 
God will give you additional revelations. It's not here. You know what they say? The Bible is just a guide. It's not just a guide. Yes, it guides us, definitely. But this is God's truth. You cannot say it's just a guide. This is to allow their, their revelations, which if not aligned to the intents of the author, is dangerous. And like here, have led many astray. And some faith is upset. So, brothers and sisters, there's much to say on this, but for our people, those we are responsible for, no pastor of this church should have fans. Respect is, is accepted, sure. Because the word of God says that. To glorify Christ because of our lives, amen to that. But we are men and we fail. And we are like others, if we sin, we must repent of our sins. And because we are human, sometimes we may be not that accurate and we want a loving brother to correct us. And if we do not want correction, then we talk to others about it. We must take seriously that every believer or every so-called believer who identifies within the church can possibly be a false teacher without knowing it. How? Just don't be accurate. You'll end up saying things you shouldn't say. You'll end up telling people what they shouldn't hear. Accurately handling the word of truth. And three, how do we apply it? Abstain from wickedness. We repent of our sins. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this life, we will battle. We will struggle. In his name, we shall overcome. If we fall, if we sin, we confess our sins. But our intent is not to sin progressively. It's never our intent to do so. The true believer doesn't like sin. A false believer goes to church can quote verses, perhaps even read the Bible, but has no desire to follow Jesus Christ. Doesn't know no desire to follow God's word. But the true believer desires to follow God's word. So some people we call baby Christians are actually not Christians. Oh yes, some are truly infants in Christ. But others are not. They have no desire. Be careful with words. 
Don't get into false discussions. Don't waste your time. But rather, be diligent to work hard for the Lord and be accurate in handling the word of truth. Stop others, if you may. Share the truth and abstain from wickedness. But you cannot abstain from wickedness if you have not truly humbled yourself before God and repented of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and desire to follow Him. But if you do, if you repent of your sins humbly and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow Him with all your heart, at first, it seems impossible, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by His grace, can change our hearts. And suddenly, the desire to sin has faded, and the desire for the Word of God has become real. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we ask for your guidance and wisdom. Give us wisdom, Lord. Make us understand your scripture. How Paul instructed Timothy. Important words that Timothy must be diligent and must accurately handle the word of truth. And that Timothy must protect the flock. That they should not, the flock should not be affected by false teaching. And to remind others of God's truth. Lord, we also pray that those of us who name the name of Jesus, to those of us who see Him as Lord, proclaiming Him as Lord, should abstain from wickedness. Otherwise, it is not real. Forgive us of our sins. We repent of our sins. Teach us to believe with you with all our hearts, minds, and strength. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May the Lord's peace and protection and abundance be in every household. May there be endurance as well. And may the knowledge of God's word fill your minds and your whole family. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Good day.